0: Hey everybody, this is WCPO's Mike Dyer. Welcome to a special edition of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. With high school sports still postponed due to the coronavirus outbreak, I thought we would look ahead to the upcoming NFL draft. A lot of news surrounding that and it looks like it's going to be a virtual draft come April 23rd. The Bengals with the number one draft pick overall. Who better to talk to than former Moeller head coach Doug Rossfeld, who is now the Bengals director of coaching operations and uh, always a special guest here on the WCPO High School Insider podcast. And Doug, thanks for taking a few minutes. And uh, how are you doing today? And how is your family doing uh, during this
1: quarantine time? We're doing well. We're doing very well. We've got uh, six little ones running around. So Abby and I get, uh, our, we're, we're pretty busy. It gets a little crowded here at times with a uh, the six kids and two dogs, but all in all, we're doing very well. We're very blessed. Uh, they're healthy, they're happy, they're doing fine. How about you? How's your family?
0: We're doing well, yeah. As long as I can remember to hit the record button on uh, special podcast episodes, I'll be okay, Doug. <laughs> 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 Little inside joke there.
1: <laughs> Which is good to um, see you again.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, hey, obviously a, a ton of anticipation about the NFL draft uh, here coming up April twenty third. Bengals with the number one draft pick, and a lot of news around uh, all professional. Uh, sports leagues and organizations about the impact of this coronavirus outbreak. It's going to be basically a virtual draft for the NFL coming up, and I'm just curious uh, how that's uh, affected and impacted uh, the Bengals organization and just uh, how the preparations are going for the team right now.
1: Well, it was a a fluid situation for a while. I think people were trying to figure out exactly how to make it a fair and equitable uh, playing field for all the clubs to be able to conduct the draft. So There are a lot of memos that were coming out for quite a while, a lot of uh, revisions and changes to to plans in place. I think we've pretty much got our feet under us now. I think think we've got a good plan for it. Um, It'll be the the safest and and cleanest way possible to make sure that we can do this draft in a unique unique but effective way. Um, It sounds like before all this, it was going to be in Las Vegas and it was going to be probably the most unique draft in NFL history and I'm I'm certain that it will be. Now this will be a, a unique setting, full of challenges. But the NFL has done a phenomenal job working with the clubs. Um, our our management, our ownership uh, have done a uh, been great in communication, letting the coaches know what's going to take place. So uh, it's been fluid. We're starting to get a good plan. But yeah, I think it's going to be primarily virtual from a distance and and very unique.
0: Kind of harkens back to I know a lot of people are equating this to like a fantasy draft, which obviously it's nothing further from the truth because of so much at stake for all these. Uh, organizations and, and the league itself, but uh, kind of harkens back to an old school time frame too. Maybe uh, with uh, with war rooms and stuff, just kind of on a virtual basis. But uh, has that really impacted uh, you know the way that the coaches are approaching this in terms of watching film or doing interviews with you know possible draft picks? I mean, how, how does that all work out? It's a, it's been
1: man. Uh, this is just my first year in the NFL, so I was learning, but completely different than the year before because we typically would be bringing in a lot of our draft prospects, um, free agency that that uh, has been so exciting in the last couple of weeks for us and, and now preparing for the draft. A lot of those entailed visits to our facility and really getting to have an in-depth uh, opportunities to talk and get to know the people. Well, that changed quite a bit. So we've been doing a lot of zoom meetings. Our position coaches are allowed to meet with our draft prospects uh, a few times mm-hmm. a week, as long as they document everything and send it off to the league and uh, it's been great because they have gotten um, new, new chances to meet, new new ways of talking. So you may not get that that personal, in depth, you know, sitting across the room from a person, uh, but you do get a chance to understand them a little bit more as uh, as learners, as uh, athletes. What motivates them? What their outlook is, and and kind of run through their knowledge of the game and how it applies to us. So a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of fluid movement on structure and how it works. Definitely impacted our our preparation, but. We were, we were we've been pretty we've been pretty confident with how we've been going about our, our process and, and we feel good going in
0: what's your role on draft night I'm just curious
1: pretty much on on in anything it's in support of the head coach and the coaching staff um, so ask give advice when it's needed or asked for um, otherwise be a great listener um, uh, be in large part taking great notes um, be able to draw on previous notes so have a really good understanding of what our coaches, our head coach and, and his staff, what their thoughts were from before uh, in case they're pertinent or relevant at the moment. So um, uh, in all ways, really being a support to the coaches and uh, and ownership.
0: Obviously, the, uh, it became official news today about the eight unrestricted free agents that the Bengals signed. And how excited are you uh, to bring those guys in and, and get started?
1: Very excited. Yeah, it was uh, a great process to be part of. I think one of the best parts about it is how excited uh, the guys are so we've got great ball players coming in and and to add to a a great roster now we're ready to rock and roll I think we have uh, high goals and high standards and uh, I think these players coming in kind of feel that we're on the edge of of achieving something great and they want to be part of it so that kind of excitement and enfranchisement is just it's been exciting what did you learn the most from this past season I'm just curious. Uh, probably the, the importance on continuing to learn. I think there was uh, in the last several years, I've gone, you know, from a high school offensive line coach to director of player development for Tommy Tuberville, then uh, change over and work with Coach Fickle, then on to Moeller as a head coach. Now here at the Bengals, it feels like it's been a, like a doctoral program. You know, the last five years, as the learning curve has been so steep. So, uh, being comfortable studying late at night, being comfortable to. You know, sit in meetings and, and not be afraid to ask the uh, the right question at the right time. Um, and then also the importance on on precision work as opposed to, like at Moeller, we often we're trying to teach these young guys how the importance of hard work that you can you can really outmuscle a lot of problems um, in a lot of ways. But in our line of work now here at the Bengals in the NFL, precision is probably the most important thing. Like doing it right the first time, perfectly, exactly how it's supposed to be done. So it's uh, more about efficiency and, and precision than it is volume. So those would be the two big ones, learning and, and, and precision. And that's taken a lot of, of, of growth to, to still be able to do it.
0: Can you take me through maybe an example of last season of just, uh, you know, weren't a couple of those duties that, uh, you know, you really needed to, to step into a, a play a big role for Coach Taylor and, and just the coaching staff in general?
1: Well, making sure that everything that we say – from one week to the next carries over. So our messaging needs to be consistent throughout. Like it's only uh, with great, great cause that we would kind of change our our vantage point or messaging, like providing that kind of consistency and schedule. Um, And then doing it for a really long period of time. I think that's a thing that people don't necessarily get a hold of um, or or grasp in the NFL is, is the length of the season. So we were, um, like last year, for instance, in the um, summer, we had some really wild weather patterns that were affecting our training camp. The year before, the fall football season when I was at Moeller, I think we had seven games either delayed or, or cut short because of rain. Well, this past year, it was training camp. So uh, we made a, a really good weather plan and how we were going to be the most efficient, uh, get everything done that needed to be done the right way in preparation for an opponent had happened. Well, then we didn't have weather issues for a long time. And then um, right there toward the end of the season in December, we started getting some crazy wind and a little bit of of, of funky weather. And we were able to draw on stuff from that that many months before and execute it and and really play some great football at the end of December. So um, being attuned, forming plans and and, and hitting those details when you need it, but then being attuned to it as the season goes on. So that way, you know, you just, you're not, you're not throwing away points or, 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 you know, working uphill against yourself. We, we, Try to be as precise as possible. What was
0: kind of the vibe, maybe this offseason, this winter, just among the coaches, the, the players still there, uh, about you know taking this opportunity for this this upcoming twenty twenty season and really embracing
1: it uh, and starting the, the the schedule and the slate all fresh from square one. I think we were urgent to get going again. Like the Senior Bowl gave us a a great chance to to get out there and, and get to work right away. So that was that was good. I mean, we needed, we needed hard work. We needed to get after it. Um, we wanted, I think we felt like we were on the, on an upward trend. If we had a few more weeks in the season, we probably, we would have liked who we were in three more weeks down the road. So we were urgent to get back to work. Um, uh, optimistic and excited about changes that were coming our way. The, the senior bold and the combine, those are two really good momentum builders for us as a staff. We felt like we were growing and the pieces in the right place. And then, uh, so when we hit free agency, everyone was really excited um, and, and optimistic, and and it paid off. I think we're, we're in a really good spot um, uh, in terms of our staff working together, collaborating from a distance. Um, I think there's, you know, good good synergy going on in the staff and, and the organization ready to, to move forward in the draft.
0: you take me through maybe a typical day now? Obviously, this coronavirus outbreak has impacted everybody, uh, whether it be family or professional life, but uh, what's like a typical day for you leading up to the draft?
1: a lot of this, a lot of zoom, a lot of zoom meetings. We, uh, uh, or, or whatever. We use a few different things, but, um, a lot of meetings here to collaborate. So the tone of the day kind of gets set by the head coach. Um, there there's multiple meetings taking place throughout the day. He, he never stops. So there's NFL conference calls. He's with personnel, ownership, operations, uh, the staff, and then a lot of spinoff or or one-off meetings start taking place then too. So you know, say the coaches are working on uh, protection or pressures, um, then those coaches that are responsible for those areas will spend a little bit more time during the day. Um, a lot of presenting to each other and a lot of uh, collaboration taking place right now. And um, that all going on while draft preparations go on. So those coaches are spending the mornings typically working together, sometimes breaking out in the afternoon, but then also scheduling calls with uh, prospects so that they can communicate with them, get to know them a little bit more, and put together a good plan.
0: What's kind of the vibe that you get when you do these interviews with some of these prospects and, and just how they're dealing with this, how they're working out? I'm just kind of curious what what, what that's like right now. It's such a unique time.
1: Well, you can you can see you can see these guys growing and learning as well too. I mean, it was such a such a jarring change, and you can you find fast adapters, people that are willing that can figure it out pretty quick, um, and people that are, you know they're still kind of figuring it out. But the one thing you see a lot with these with football players at this high level is how intrinsically motivated they are. You know, typically they don't need a, a catalyst for work. They just need, when they when they're ready to work, they just need a little bit of assistance in, in organizing logistics. And um, that's probably the most impressive thing. You you see these names on the TV or in, you know big college prospects in the NFL, you know superstar athletes. But really, they, they, what hits you the most about them is their abilities are are one thing, but their their intrinsic motivation, um, the way that they just get themselves going is phenomenal. And so to be kind of on the fly and support them any way they need it. That's the most important thing.
0: I remember your energy was uh, so apparent, obviously, there at Muller when I covered you for that GCL South uh, championship season. And uh, uh, take me through just, you know, how much you've enjoyed this position, how much you've fed off that energy. And you mentioned all just the the, uh, precision, the details, but also the fast-paced nature of this uh, job. I mean,
1: what's that all been like for you? Uh, uh, A bit of a whirlwind, I mean, truthfully, but an exciting one. I think – at a young age I felt like my parents helped instill like a lifelong learning I think that's been the biggest thing is I've never been too scared to continue to learn and that's been necessary in this job because there's so many aspects so many things that are new and it can be frustrating to not have it all figured out at the moment but then at the same time you look I look back on the stuff that I knew six months ago eight months ago three years ago um, and it you know there's just such a, a growth now I don't remember all of my world history lessons on I mean, as a history teacher of of uh 12 years I can't necessarily say as much about the French revolution but um but, forgive but, me uh, on that one Doug yeah well it, it would have been useful to have it now that my my son is a freshman in high school and oh, gotcha. I have an 8th grader and they're enrolled in, in in Coach Rosfeld's virtual high school now <laughs> uh, they're they're entering the transfer portal I think later this afternoon to go to mom school they uh Nice. But no, it's, it's been a lot of learning, different environments, different levels of football. They're really different industries. Um, but it's been, it's been great to find that like the things that um, the coach, my coaches, my mentors have instilled in me, that I felt worked as a player and then a coach and then a head coach. And now as a part of the NFL program, they still hold true. And um, uh, seeing that kind of stand the test of time and, and growing up with those things I've held for a long time, that's been fun
0: obviously your player uh, uh, director of player development there at UC from 2015 to 2017 I mean how unique is it to have all three levels of experience there with whether it be high school and college and now at the pro level how much pride are you taking that uh, within the city of Cincinnati and all of its football uh,
1: levels well and and um, I, I coached my son in middle school so I've got I got all I guess all four levels it would be but um, a big part of this job is it is doing it on behalf of of an organization and a city that you grew up in and you love. I mean, um, high school football is near and dear to my heart. Um, I mean, I just, I I love everything about it. Um, my time with the university of Cincinnati and now coaching Cincinnati, uh, Bengals really have be at the heart of football here for our city. It means a lot to me in a lot of ways. It's, um, it's been a chance to serve and kind of, and give back. Uh, it makes the losses hurt quite a bit more because you know that, how many people are pulling for you. But um, I think we're heading toward great times and I'm excited for it to be part of something that means so much to the city and the, the town I grew up in um, to kind of make those jumps now to be here with the Bengals. It's uh it's, it's quite a overwhelming honor and blessing. I'd be remiss mm-hmm. if I didn't
0: ask you about uh, this great opportunity for the Bengals. Number one draft pick. Uh, I'm just <laughs> curious how many times family and friends have texted or called you or hit you up on social media, trying to get a scoop of, uh, what
1: direction the team's going to go in? So, so many, so many, so many people do, but it's it's not bad. I mean, it's a uh, it's usually out of excitement. I mean, there was a lot of we didn't achieve what we wanted to last year, and it didn't meet our expectations. as We have a, a much higher standards for ourselves than what we achieved. So to have people coming up with a, like a little glimmer of hope and excitement and some enthusiasm about the future, it, it doesn't matter what they're asking. You know, if they they're out, they're just excited, they want to know uh, what tomorrow holds and I'm a forward-thinking guy, so I usually just I say, "Well, I can't tell you if I had an answer. Uh, it's above my pay grade by quite a bit." But uh, I'll tell you, you know, we really appreciate you being interested, and thank you for asking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. I was gonna I say, I don't yeah, know. I'm not even gonna
1: try, it, Doug. I'm just gonna I'll I'll hold glad. it up on that. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll, I'll
0: leave you <laughs> with this: a uh, faith, family, and football—the uh, motto that uh, you live by, uh, you continue to live by—so uh, central to your theme of coaching there at Moeller and um, I, I know you know you've been playing some some games there with uh, your kids and, and uh, trying to keep them occupied while they do this remote learning um, uh, just how important is that uh, that balance uh, not only the sport that you love but the family that's so near near and dear to your heart
1: your wife Abby and your six children as well. well I mean, football has been for me and our family uh, so good to us and and my faith and my family have grown through my my time and a lot of lessons i learned with football and um, it's been very difficult being a part of a football team where you don't get to be around your guys and uh, be around your, the, the other coaches. And Football is like the perfect expression of a team, in my opinion. And um, the lessons that, that we learn or hold from football are, it seem like now in this, in this climate, in this situation that we're in, um, are more important than ever. So we've been talking in our house uh, between games and studying and prayer and a lot of meals around the table together how we can take the things that we hold in uh, as a faith family and football family uh, and find a new team in our neighborhood. And what can we do to serve? What can we do to help? Um, And how can we be a team for those others? So I hope, you know, amidst all this, we find um, a way to, to look at people around us as our, as our team and, you know, with things like faith, family, and football, maybe they're more important than ever before.
0: Have you put your mind around just all of this? I mean, I know there's so much going on right now, not only in our country and in the world, but just, uh, you know, how you've kept maybe people close to you, uh, you know, inspired and, and uplifted during this time because everybody needs, you know, some encouraging words right now.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, I, there's there's a no simple response to, to that question, because as individuals, we've got our work to do. The two of us are here doing our work. but. You know, we've got little ones that count on us and families that need us and communities that could really use our help. And it's a unique challenge that we're in. Um, I I think probably how I've responded in the past is maybe different than how I've been responding now. I've learned so much from this organization of the importance of of, uh, family and the importance of treating people that um, that you work with and work for well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for our in our little lives, our little scope, this is big bad thing going on throughout all over the world but there's shade tree and timber knoll and kennedy lane are about the the scope of what we can control and so um abby and i work really hard our, to make sure that our little ones go to sleep um, with an easy mind uh, knowing that they're loved and they're safe and then we're trying to do everything we can for our little small portion of uh, of the world um, and that's about all we can do we just try to do it as well as we can
0: I wrote a story about you and your family two years ago. I looked it up uh, you're getting, you're getting like what twelve gallons of milk uh, oh, so
1: deliverties so what is it up to now doug let's be honest well it's even more now they're all here they I can't, they, they don't go anywhere we 're not allowed to send them <laughs> uh, to family's house anymore um, no we're, we we have a a big healthy family they, and they like to run and we're going through dog food we've got two dogs so it's a it's a big bill a big uh, a big family though they 've got gosh, we're blessed. I mean, I know I worry the most kind of going back to the last question. I worry the most for people alone during this time. Um, you know, that's what I worry the most about and whether that's, um, age or, or circumstance or whatever it is, I worry the most about, uh, people that don't have uh, family right there with them to, to love them and tell them that they're with them. So, uh, it's certainly not my place to complain about the fact that my son got into paint supplies and painted all of his toys with, bright blue paint to make them look like a, an action figure from the cars movie. And I had to clean it all up. Like I, I'm not going to complain about that, <laughs> but no, we're blessed and fortunate and uh, prayers and thoughts going out to those who are, weren't who so blessed.
0: I know one of your son's uh, rooms there and great poster there just to your right. Uh, love to see that again. <laughs> yeah. How many movies have you been watching with
1: your, your family? Oh, well, we've seen uh, Turner and Hooch uh, league of their own. What about Bob? I mean, all we're sticking with the classics. Um, and, and, and for all you know, I'm in my home office, but if it, you get in the kids' room or office, you got to have a sandwich poster. Of course. All good stuff. So we're, we're, uh, we've been watching the, the, the classics. What about you? What have you been? Doing oh, here? man.
0: You know what? We're just trying to get the kids outside. I tell you what, it's yeah. uh, playing as many games. You know, got a basketball hoop, and that, that does wonders. <laughs> T ball, wiffle ball. You know, get out, whatever, water toys, it doesn't matter. Just well, my wife's a saint, though. She's really done a great job. Let's get you
1: it. on film. Let's get you on film. I know, I know. I got a couple lefties.
0: Maybe some left-handed pitchers in the future, which would be nice for, for mom there and dad later on in life. <laughs> That'd be great. Bengals Director of Coaching Operations, Doug Rossfeld. Always appreciate the time and the conversation. And uh, best of luck to you and, and to your family. Mike, thanks so much. Uh, all my best wishes to you and your family, man. Take care. Thank you, Doug. Well, some great insight from Bengals Director of Coaching Operations, Doug Rosfeld. I always enjoyed his uh, time and perspective as the Mueller head coach, and you can see he's uh, made the transition quite well to the NFL. Definitely want to check out my story on WCPO.com about Roger Bacon Sr., Jake Mumper, who is a Division Three state wrestling qualifier. Obviously, the remaining winter sports tournaments were canceled due to the coronavirus outbreak, but Jake has a unique story. He is tied for valedictorian honors, with a 4.0 GPA. and Now he just wants an opportunity to see his classmates and friends one more time this spring. i also have some local college football recruiting news from one of our local high school football standouts who announced his commitment on Wednesday afternoon. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out next week on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast.